A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Wisconsin forests are going to be impacted by climate change. However, there are things that can be done to help minimize that impact. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Brad Hutnick, forest ecologist with the Department of Natural Resources, says that sustainable forestry and silviculture are key to protecting our forests. Sustainable forestry is really thinking about ecological, economic, and social benefits of forests and integrating those all so that one isn't outweighing some of the others and thinking about it over a long period of time. So not just for the current, like for us right now, but for the future as well. So as long as we take these things into account, we're going to be sustainable. And you mentioned silviculture. Can you talk about what that is? So silviculture is basically how we manage forests. So it's basically basically controlling the composition, the structure, the growth, everything we do as foresters or as land managers to manage forests. So it's all the tools, everything that we do as a part of our work. Can you talk about the projected climate change impacts that it's going to have on Wisconsin forests? So Wisconsin forests, we know are going to be impacted by climate change. We don't know a lot of times what that is going to be, right? What is the big thing that we're going to have? But what we can do and what we've been trying to do is we know that not all forests are going to be affected similarly depends on where you are in the state, depends on what you have for a forest. And so what we're looking at now is thinking about what are your vulnerabilities, right? So what are the vulnerabilities of the stand or the forest you're working in? And then if you know those, like what are the ways that you can address those vulnerabilities through your management? And so there are a whole host of all the things that we do as foresters. We can usually apply them with the intentionality behind doing it for climate change if we have a heads up on what those vulnerabilities are. Earlier you were talking about frozen ground and wildfire risks and other factors. Can you touch on how those are specifically affecting Wisconsin forests and potential farmers who are trying to regulate the forests that they have? So frozen ground is a really good example because that's something we deal with right now. So over the last 20 years, we've seen loggers, foresters, landowners have recognized that each year it seems like, well, we don't have the frozen ground we used to. And frozen ground is really critical if we're not trying to disturb the soil or if we're not trying to disturb that site in any way, shape, or form. And so if we don't have frozen ground, that means we have to adjust or we have to do something else. So what it means is if if we don't have that, we're going to have to think about ways we can get around that. And that could mean looking at other windows for harvesting in our forests, things of that nature. So it's just one of those things that it's a, here's something that's changing. How are we going to adapt to that? With these different potential issues or factors that are going to be coming about with climate change, there's also resources for landowners to take advantage of, such as principles of the resilient forest management and the scorecard. Can you talk more about that and how that is benefiting these farmlands? Addressing vulnerabilities is one thing, but I think we all want to know, okay, now that I know what the vulnerabilities are, what can I do about it, right? So we have tools, scorecards for landowners through UW Extension, which is really, really good. And there's also a climate change field guide for northern and southern Wisconsin, which as a landowner, as a forester, you can look at that. And if you identify the vulnerability, it'll give you options or ways to address that as a part of your management. And I expect, like we mentioned earlier, that these things are going to be changing over time, too. So every year we get better and better information about this. So if you were to ask me in five years, what are the tools we'll be using? We're probably not going to be looking at these. It'll probably be completely different tools, but we're working with the best tools we have right now. So why is this important for farmers to pay attention to or be aware of in the sense that, you know, many farmers, for example, let's say a dairy farmer, they're focused on their cows, they're focused on their operation, not maybe so much the trees that are around them 
than their mini forests or what they have. They might not consider that a forest. So can you touch on that? Silvopasture may be an option. This could have implications for that. And I'm not an expert on silvopasture, but that could have implications. If you're relying on that forest for some kind of income over time, what you'd like to see is regeneration. So you can plan on that kind of regular income. Climate change could interrupt that. And so you might see that you might have income now, but then you might not have that income for quite some time. Or say um, we're seeing more storms, more wind events, right? So if we have bigger wind events, that might mean that you're going to get a lot of income now, but then you're going to have to wait for that forest to regenerate to get that next income out of it. And so I think that's where if I were a landowner, I'd be worried about are the tree species that I want to grow on these sites, are they going to do really well? Am I going to get the other benefits out of these forests that I like? Because like a good example, you know, I'm a forester. I work as a silviculturist, but I really like to deer hunt too. And so if it has implications for game or for wildlife, I want to know about that. And then just all the other things that go with forests. I mean, you you name it. There are lots of different reasons why we'd want to know about climate change. Is there anything in the works now, kind of on a different note, for carbon credits when looking at forestry? That's a really active place to be right now. Right now, there are programs starting to develop very active in the state looking at buying carbon credits and landowners are signing up on contracts for carbon credits. I would think that's something that farmers should be well aware of to be taking a look at that because there'll be opportunities through a number of those that over time I think are going to be really good. It is a little bit of an infancy right now. So if you're a really, really big landowner, you've got access to those markets. You know about those things. So you're working with it. But it's a small private landowner. I think the world is, we're just starting to get into those markets. So they're voluntary markets. It means basically you're signing up for it voluntarily. And there are lots of different ways that people are doing this or companies are doing this. So some are looking at 20-year contracts. Some are looking at changing the practices you use on that forest over a long period of time. But on the other end, there is at least one company that's looking at only annual contracts to do the same thing. So it's it's kind of a wild west right now, but I think it's going to coalesce and it'll change over time too. One thing I would say is that, you know, the, the one thing that we think about with climate change and forestry is that it's easy to think, oh, we're going to have to plant all new tree species or they're going to be these, you know, like people think palm trees, right? But it's not like that. I think it's all about just changing. So we're more like tweaking what we do with regular forest management instead of changing everything wholesale. And I think if more people realized it was just tweaking, not necessarily wholesale changes, there's no reason to be afraid of adaptation. I think sometimes it's just because we don't know what that change is going to be. So becoming more aware of what those potential vulnerabilities are makes you more aware of what things you can do, which may not be that big at all. That was Brad Hutnick, forest ecologist with the Department of Natural Resources. To learn more, go to dnr.wisconsin.gov. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.